Raisin Man Arena. What's up? Welcome to Raisin Man. It's Tuesday. What? So what's happening can't be happening. And wait, yet- wait. You're meaning <laughs> to tell me that I log into the Twitch usually on Wednesdays, but today the Twitch is on Tuesday? That's right. Do my ears deceive Your sister's me? in the chat. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Chicago. What's up? Chi-Town. 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 <laughs> On Tuesdays, Chi-Town is more available for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. We do it Wednesdays for more of a New York audience. Every time you change the day of when you do, you change the time or you change the day, it opens a floodgate of mm-hmm. new listeners who That's go, right. you know, I couldn't listen to it on Mondays, but now on Tuesdays, I don't do totally, shit. Totally, totally, totally. Mondays, Jakarta. What are you talking? Oh, That's yeah. How we get it, Jakarta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we did it on Thursdays, we would unlock the whole Southeast Asian yeah. region. <laughs> I want the FKA borscht scene to listen, but... I, I mean, don't know they how we do get them. listen. They'd listen, but they're scattered, I guess, now all around the country, so it's hard to get them all. It's so sad when family yeah. goes away. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, welcome mm. to Raisin Man Arena. You already know who it is. I'm Felipe. I'm Sam. And I'm Sarah. Yeah. And it's Tuesday morning. And it's Tuesday morning, 420. Just kidding. <laughs> Sarah's worried that she's going to die later today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a terrible migraine. Okay, we met here at this very apartment two days ago to write all of our riffs for the show so that we could memorize them and, and do them whoa, at the whoa, show. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, because then, see, you've given... Why are we doing it on Fuck. Tuesday? Why are we doing it? And then we want to... It's an emergency episode. We're doing... <laughs> emergency episode. Why? Because tonight is our because live tonight show. tonight is our first live show. Since we canceled it. Uh, what? When did we cancel the one? That, the one that was in April of 2020? Yeah. Was it in April? Was it in March? It was going to be in April, I believe, because yeah. COVID started in March. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember, guys remember the lineup? We could go on Instagram and find out. I think out. Joe Castle Baker was on it. What? I don't think so. Let's go or on. maybe Joe Castle Baker quit, had a had like a big post where they were like, I'm not doing this show. That was on the same night as ours. And then we were like, ah. oh, so we have to cancel our show. I that's re- actually They canceled the Ladies Who Ranch, Mike. Yep. And then they canceled Jazz That's 3. That's what he was on, Jazz. Yeah, Jazz 3. And he did a big post saying, I'm not doing Jazz 3, but he didn't do a big post saying, I'm not doing Raisin Man. No, 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 no. no. He, he, was he wasn't on Raisin Man. Oh. Let me try to remember who he had booked. But I just remember him as one of the data points for us canceling our show. Because it, it, I feel like we booked Natalie Rodder Lightman. At that time, COVID was young, and we yeah. were thinking... Do we cancel the show or is that a, a care lord thing to do? Is this a real virus? Yes. Is that's this right. a real problem that that's we right. should That's right. And also because that way we used to do the show was so epic and there was so much like anticipation and like dread building up to it that we were afraid that if we canceled the show it would be because secretly we didn't want to do it. It's true. That's it's, what I remember. It's like you never we didn't wa- want the out. You never want to do something from cowardice. You always want to be forced yeah, that's why, honestly, COVID teaches you a, an important lesson about how great it can be to be forced to, to not, cancel your show. Yeah, to cancel your show. Um, I'm pulling it up. Okay. I'm seeing who it was. I can tell you. I can't believe I can't remember. Okay, who? Okay. It was Natalie Rotter-Lateman, Alex Payne, and Devin Walker. Wow. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're going to have a show... Does they seem still like owe us a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always it's thought great of it that lineup. way too. Yeah. So, so we canceled that show because of COVID. And, and yeah. two years later, we're back to, to the day. Wait, 
no no joke wait to the day uh i was joking about that but now i don't i think it was in march it was in march 13th yeah, yeah march okay. 13th not to the day well, you, two a month years later. in a month yeah. um yeah and that's why we became a podcast and now we're converting back to a live show mm-hmm. which is pretty stressful because i the shows used to be really packed the three that we did yes um and this time i don't really have a sense of that because i remember before the pandemic i was really in my like uh I don't know. Kind of this energy of like, I would go to so many people's birthday parties. I went to so many shows. I was all about like being connected to people in a way that them would sort of behoove them to come to my show. And now I've been feeling a little bit disconnected from people. So I hope that they uh, still feel like the same level of, of, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I've invested in the past two years of COVID. I've invested in about five relationships (laughs) and I don't know if, even three of them of those people are coming to the show tonight. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because two of us are already in it. Two of us. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it would, and usually you can, um, you can use the pre-sales as a indication of how many people are going to come. I've heard whatever pre-sales you have multiplied by two, that's how many people you're going to get. And then cut it in half. <laughs> and then cut it in half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, I found out that in order to pre-sale, to pre-buy tickets to our show, you have to download something called the Dice app. <laughs> because Purgatory in Brooklyn, that's how they do all of their right. ticket transactions. That's you have to right. download the Dice app. Yeah. And God knows I want you to buy a ticket, but you know what? On the low, don't download an app to buy a ticket. Don't, don't, don't. Just show up and, and get in. Yeah, I saw that. It was very disturbing to me when I was trying to put a link to the tickets in my bio and I realized yes, <laughs> yes, that made me upset. I'm like, yep. as a venue, it's like, are you trying to push away people? Yeah, it honestly, I cannot imagine like to try to buy. If I was buying tickets to see hmm, Beach House, that's my favorite band, then maybe I would get an app to get the tickets. <laughs> but if I was trying to buy a tickets for anybody's booked stand-up comedy showcase show... To get an app to yes, buy those tickets. Of which there are hundreds. Unthinkable. Of which just many the, of which are free. The most disposable <laughs> kind of yes, entertainment yeah. that exists in the city. And you have to download an app and use up phone storage space. That's unbelievable. It's That's unbelievable. I really can't conceive it. Yeah. So interesting choice by Purgatory, and we'll see how that kind of bears out for them. But for we us. love, we love them, folks. We love, we love them, don't <laughs> we, folks? Uh, is the is the space really big? Have have any of us been? I've been. Is I it saw big? a fire show there. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's just like eighty people, which I th- I said that's small, and then so I was with someone, and they were like, "No, that's big. That's big. Really? Eighty people is big. Is it really? To I me, don't, like, well, to me, like five hundred people is big. That's true. I just I get worried though because. Um, it's in that strip at the end of Bushwick, like all, right along that cemetery so where like nowadays cemetery. are. It's called Purgatory. Yeah. We're in, and Fargo. that's where all the Fargo? big clubs yeah. are. So <laughs> I thought, oh, are we about to like do our stand-up show at like a big ass club? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's like, um, it has kind of glove vibes. You go upstairs and there's like a thin, long hallway. Yeah, we stand going upstairs yes. for a venue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Um, yeah, I guess I had this thought last night where I was like, okay, so what's, let's go through worst case scenario. This is how I deal with my anxiety. Sam doesn't have any anxiety, so he doesn't do this. Felipe, maybe you do this. Maybe you have a different strategy. But I love to come to terms with the worst case scenario in any situation. And once I've accepted that, then I'm free. 
you okay, know. so what was get, our, us, what get was us that? to the worst case scenario of what's going <laughs> to what happen tonight. So the worst case scenario is that almost no one comes. You know, like a handful, a countable handful of people come and yeah. I'm like, oh, there's my roommate. There's uh, my friend from high school. There's Will Needman and Lena. Like I can just see the whole audience yeah. like right like, oh. 13 yeah yeah you can you can like apprehend the entire audience <laughs> in one glance in one in one in one mind moment you totally. don't need you do not need to segment the mind moment it's just like quick everyone. totally totally so that would be bad then if i'm if i don't have a good time like i say i'm i'm on the stage i'm in my head i'm just like not having fun up there then it's like what's the fucking point then also sometimes on stage i feel really awkward I really don't like that. Then I have to feel embarrassed later. That sucks. And then also, I was worried. What if I, I have to go get uh, dental shit done today? I was like, what if I don't have time to go take a shower? And so then the show is, goes badly. I feel awkward on stage and I look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Reek of dental chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I was like, but even if that happened, I was coming to terms with that. I was like, yeah, so what? Who cares? Like, we can still decide whether we want to do the show again somewhere else. We can, like, promote it more next time. Like, we're just bringing it back and seeing how it goes and it's no big deal. But then I was like, oh, but what if Purgatory is like, you guys really let us down. <laughs> yeah, that's I you, trusted you. Yeah, I trusted you. You said you could fill this place up, and you really let us that, down, and you can't come back here. Yeah, that, that would. That's be the, the worst. worst part. I mean, it's fine to like not have people come up to your and show. To We've all dealt with that yes. before. But then to go to like a venue owner, like hat in hand, and be like, "Well, well what that's if, what we're capable what of." What if we have to? What if we have to pay the the booking fee? Because you have to. Because the way they work is like you do have to no. pay up front, like a rental fee of the space that you no. then make back in tickets no so what if we had to actually pay out of pocket no. to fill up the, the rental we fee? just no. might we just yeah might. and i pray that nobody goes to life world to see it because at the car razor show people were like oh raising man's on tuesday right and i was like yeah and they were like and it'll be here and i was like Mm-mm, no that's people are gonna do forget and then when people, people heard that and they went i'm going to forget that and come here anyway <laughs> <laughs> well that's forgettable yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not going to listen to what you just said and then we're having a dj after imagine no one stays and dances for the dj that would be bad so too. that would be bad too so but i came to terms with all the qualitative aspects of it everything about my subjective experience i'm prepared to steal myself against it's just being banned from purgatory <laughs> that's, the thing that would, that's the thing you couldn't stomach that i can't stomach because i think it's a cool spot i like the name of it i like this but you've never been i've never been but I've you've only heard pictures. about it from me it's got some like dr seussian architecture it looks like online some funny shapes in there i remember but maybe yeah well we'll take a look and see yeah i just don't like that idea also because uh, as someone who runs a venue it is awkward when someone throws a totally. big show and no one comes and you're like wow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was this is what you do this is what you do what were you thinking <laughs> what gave you the idea that Bro, this is what I, you moved to new york I, to do and when i hit yeah. the person up i gassed this up so much i was like look we used to have packed ass shows before covid yeah. like oh we goodness. got a reference our show is oh fire oh we get a hundred listeners on oh each episode <laughs> <laughs> which is not that much no um no gosh no. so that's kind of where i was at with the last i night. think the worst thing that could happen is that i would be on stage and it would be going so bad that i would go, that i would say into the microphone you know what i want to get off stage <laughs> and i would get off which i've done a handful of times in my performing yeah. career but you better not do that to us tonight. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of one time you've done that. Yeah, when we used to do our mic sometimes i would just lose my nerve on stage or i don't know sometimes you're not feeling it and i'd go yeah, up yeah, and i'd yeah. be like you know what i'm i'm good today and you just get off stage mm. yeah so i hope that doesn't happen today yeah 
man. Oh, I had some other thought about it. And what it. if we what if we lose esteem with Steve Gerrard? What do you mean? Oh, we lose his esteem. Like he comes to the show and he's like, "Whoa!" I feel like Steve loves only- a bad show. Like he's all about like things that are funny, like not intentionally. And it's funny to throw oh, a show and have it be so kind of a disaster. He so like he would find it funny. That. Yeah, that would be cool. Actually, yeah. you're right about that. Have you felt? Do you feel like you've properly pulled on the strings of all your friendships, Sarah, to get people to come? No, I feel like th- I did a bad job anticipating. We're Yes. <laughs> we are up so we are up shit's creek without a paddle. Yeah. Yeah. I did I I did my fundraiser show on Saturday, so I had to really get people to come to that. But then you know that audience was not my friends mostly. No. My some of my friends were there, mostly working at it. Um but it was mostly people I didn't know. So I think that was kind of Karen's friends. Um so I'm hoping that they're all holding out to come to tonight. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, they saved up their health bar. Yeah, they saved up their health bar for this. Let me see. I'm getting a little notification. Oh, I thought someone was going to text me about oh, this. Oh, I thought the other funny thing I wanted. Not, I mean, not necessarily funny. You shouldn't. Okay, here's something. You shouldn't say something that's going to be funny before you say it because, in case yes, it's not, it's you, know, you don't want to give away your hand. decide. Yeah. <laughs> I will decide um, that. But the, oh, the other thing that was in my kind of disaster preparedness thinking was that um, I just put in my notice at my job last night and um, to quit my job. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And um, in part, it's to have like more time to do work on my stand-up comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so to put your notice in and then do the sh- the like your thing that you're like, I'm ready to right, really put it show. all in yeah. on my dream yes. and then have it be like d- d- an embarrassing disaster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cringy. Yeah. Um, and it just no one would cringe at it except for me. But it's the self cringe that, you know, they say is really what what cringe is. And uh, it makes me think of this part of Don't Think Twice, that movie by Michael Biglia about improv. And when Chris Gethard is talking about he's a grocery store free sample giveaway person. Mm -hmm. And he gives this monologue about like what it's like to have a shitty job like that and to spend all day just like being ignored and disrespected by customers. And they don't know that at night you're actually a superhero. (laughs) And your power is to get on stage and to make people laugh. Um, and I just think that that's so funny because I'm like, it's not like that. It's you're, like you have you're doing a show for ten people at UCB at night, East. You, they don't know that they. Yeah, you humiliate yourself in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, like, in she addition. must have some cool job. She yeah. Does, <laughs> Hopefully, she's got a cool media job that's comfortable that yeah. supports her lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't gonna go anywhere. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. They're part of my feeling of dread. So that's what you're dealing. You, Sam, you don't have any anxiety. I'm sure he doesn't. No, I do. I do. I. I guess I've noticed that I, to me, and, and, and this has been a back and forth we've been going on for a while, but to me, live shows have been an annoying chore. That's right. <laughs> that uh, one has right. to do. That's right. He feels uh, this way. On the side to, while they're doing the thing that they actually care about or is that, that is bringing forward momentum into their life. And I feel like every live show I've done, I've like, haven't thought about until the final the final moments Mm. and I, and I like realize I've done this and I go, this is so irresponsible. I haven't thought about this very much. I'm calling all these people out. I'm calling all my friends to like do come do this favor for me, which is like a thing I don't even really want to do that much. Like it's so I, I feel like I'm playing with fire. It's irresponsible. And one day I'm going to be get burned. I'm going to be punished for it. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. 
I was thinking this. I've been feeling depressed as I'm withdrawing from my antidepressants, but it's something I'm dealing with. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sarah's got out, it's got on lock. Yeah, I got on lock. So don't if you don't worry if you're listening. Um, but I've been feeling pretty depressed and like just an, an absence of serotonin in my brain. And then having to perform in this last like I've had four shows in like the last 10 days or something which is more than i usually would um has been really difficult even when it's gone well i've just felt this like the it feels kind of overly vulnerable to have like 100 people looking at you as you're doing your little thing that you like to do and then just thinking about like what a bizarre medium of art where you have to get 100 people live in a room to like even kind of practice it like it's yes. really high you can't stakes practice by yourself. you can't practice it by yourself basically you can go to open mics and stuff but basically any form of doing live comedy you have to have a huge number of people's attention on you to do it effectively yes and uh that's a high cost uh pursuit <laughs> and it just takes so much and it makes you wish you were a painter or something yeah and until yeah. you actually have real actual fans you just burn just your you. friends yeah that seeing this and it's shit. just their willingness to Unless you're performing yeah. in Manhattan. That's true. Unless you get on the Broadway comedy club circuit. Yeah, yeah. in which case you're performing for people hostages. I'd pay $200 to see you guys perform for five minutes on a cast of the most of the most racist and, and sexist people. Well, people yeah. doing stand-up for the first time. Yeah. That I funny. It, it's funny, Sarah, because you... Do keep saying you're depressed, but the way that you are depressed in public is interesting because you're not like mopey. You're not like no. droopy dog. Yeah. You're actually always at parties. You're like up, <laughs> but there's this quality of it. That's like, like you're like, haha, what's up? Yeah, I'm depressed. Like, and, and then you say really kind of real, almost yeah. hurtful things, <laughs> but you're still like smiling and having fun. Yeah. I'm Gilbert Gottfried mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like evil. It's like Joker style. Like yeah. your big smile, but like saying chaotic truths. Totally. Well, I think it's a funny thing. The thing about being in withdrawal from antidepressant is like normally when you become depressed, it happens so slowly or it feels like it's happening slowly that by the time you're really in the depression, you just think it's part of your personality and your worldview and you're like, this is who I am. And you take seriously kind of your feelings. Yeah. But to be on antidepressants feeling good and then to be off of them and just, it's like, it's so obvious that it's just a, a depression related to this medication yeah. that like, it's not as if I'm internalizing, you know, I have these sad thoughts coming through my mind of like, Oh, there's no point to anything. Nothing will make me happy sort of thing. But I'm just like, Oh no, that is just that. But you still, but you still kind of feel thinking. them. I still can feel it, you but I'm just like, like not push. internalizing it into my, I don't know. Yeah. Into your personality, into my into soul your world or something. View. It's yeah. just like a, a fact of, Oh, I just don't feel good. It's like, it feels like just feeling sick or something. You're like, I just don't feel good um yeah i yeah. i was saying like a couple weeks ago i had i had like a two week well when i wasn't sleeping and you yeah. can hear about it on the on the old raising man episodes i didn't get sleep for two weeks wait what's up what is this long um okay so this is there's someone on the chat saying just checking in from austin because i follow you on twitter just did an improv show because a friend guilted me into it that's not good it oh, was no. a sitcom parody. Oh, sounds funny. <laughs> I got laughs but felt nothing, and it led to me adjusting my depression meds. Mm. Had you gotten laughs before? Like, um, it sounds, because your friend guilted you into it, it sounds like you'd never done improv before. 
Yeah. But if you got laughs on your first time, that's kind of cool. No, that is interesting. Because that's how we did this show on Saturday and it was a big success. But I did just feel afterwards like kind of this emptiness feeling that I really felt angry. I felt mad at myself because I was like, oh, everyone came out and this was such a great show. Like I should be feeling some kind of ecstasy or something. And so then I was mad because I was like, it's only because you're in withdrawal and you're robbing yourself of a no, feeling of I, ecstasy. I'll say though, that's very normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. It's kind in, of a come down. In L.A., yeah. We didn't, I mean, we didn't really talk about LA because oh, that's why we didn't do the podcast for two weeks. And I thought that, and, and we'll get to this headache thing that you were yeah. going to say at the very beginning, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after our Saturday show, I felt so sad and I did not want to be around anybody. Really? And it was a good show. Well, in the moment I thought it was a bad show, but uh, I, our Saturday show in LA, you felt sad after. Yeah. Oh, I felt like I didn't want to be around anybody and I felt really disappointed. But the show was good. It was just like a weird, like, um, I don't know. My humors were imbalanced. So then the person says, yeah. So this is the, the, the person who was guilted into doing a problem. Yeah. Felt better in the past. Did it for eight years. Ah, okay. Eight years. So you, it's not your first rodeo. Well, I go. felt like out in LA, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> <I'm gonna> be, <laughs> wow. My life is finally going this direction. I've always planned on it going in. And then I got back to New York and I was like saddled with all the same sort of responsibility, the day to day life of like doing what I do, which is really fun and awesome. I have a great life, but, uh, that's it, so funny. It, it was <laughs> like, I was like, damn, every social interaction I have now has a little bit less of like a glowing hue Dude, to it. It's so funny. That reminds me of, I want to be able to tell the story without really naming any names. And I'm trying to think quickly of whose names I can say to give this some kind of weight. But in quitting my job, I got a bunch of offers to work on people's feature films and like short films. And I felt like kind of hot shit for a second where I was like, the calls are like coming in. Phone is ringing off yeah, the hook. Yeah, it's ringing off the hook for me to do 10 minute little shot on film, highly aesthetic, quirky, alt comedy things, or to do like dramas, period pieces, uh, indie experimental it's family explorator of films. Yes. And I was feeling so hype. And then I was like at a show and I was talking to this uh, comedian who's a little older than us who I ha really like, think is great and so funny and I respect their taste. And I was showing him like one of the decks for one of these movies I've been offered and he just kind of ripped on it in this way that was very funny but then I was like oh yeah that's right oh. like no short film is gonna like change my life no feature that I'm gonna work on like I'm not about to be Judd Apatow or something like what what is it that I think is like happening but sometimes you can just get caught up in like this feeling of like I know everyone and totally. I matter to people and people know who I am and it's happening and it's just like a weird <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's it's such a low level of success also that the fact that I get and raptured in it for even a moment is kind of <laughs> like and it makes and then the, <laughs> the fall is even worse because it's like i can't believe i thought i, was I thought anything. i was hot yeah for that i, I was anything but a loser an yeah. abject loser um so then the person saying the best part was hanging out after the show and getting dinner that is sometimes the best part of a show yes that is the best part yeah well, I hope that the, I'm just, I just want to sort of close, close out this that, conversation. Yeah. I hope that readjusting your antidepressants works. I, um, wait, did I tell you this about the getting clonopin? Uh, no, I heard about it, but you didn't tell me about <laughs> so it. So I like, I last, so I had this, this two week period where I didn't get sleep for two nights and then I became the most crazy I've been in like a year. I, 
I don't know if you remember or how much like that came through, but I was like fully Joker mode. And then I talked to psychiatrists. I was like, look, I don't really like antidepressants. I don't, they didn't work out for me. But, and like my, I have like little short bursts of like craziness. So she was like, oh, you should just have like a clonopin to have just in case you can have a panic attack or something. Like you can deal with it that way. And I was freaked out because I knew clonopin is like a thing that you're not supposed to abuse. And so I said to her, can you give me a rule of thumb for like how much or how little I should take this? What I was looking for was her for her to be like, look, don't take two in a row. Don't, you know, like never take like, you know, if if you're taking it like three, three days in a row, maybe stop something like that. And she was like, just take it as you need. Just don't take it if you don't need it. But if you need it, you should take it. Like if you're feeling like you're needing it, you should take it. And I was like, that doesn't help me at all. I don't know what. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to look at the bottle for like, uh, for like instructions. And the bottle is like, take no more than two a day, but you can take like, you can take it daily. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. That still sounds like a lot, but I was like very stressed out. I was very stressed out this weekend and I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. So I had one, two nights in a row. So I was like, I just want to make sure I get sleep because, um, because that that would be bad if I went into the week like having lost a bunch of sleep. And then I spoke to my psychiatrist on Monday and I was like, yeah, you know, I had a stressful like weekend. Like, so I took two in a row and then she was like, well, don't take too many. <laughs> She's like, you know, these are benzodiazepines. Like you could get addicted to this stuff. And That's I was like, so bitch, I asked you, I, I asked, asked you for a rule of thumb. That's so funny. Oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she was like yelling yeah. at me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, I got a bunch of melatonin. Like, I'm just going to take the melatonin. Like, I- I'm definitely not going to get addicted to this stuff. But I was like, you're not taking care of me. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I feel, and this connects back to my headache story. Um, I've had a migraine headache for two days, and I need to go to the dentist today. I have tooth pain, too. And they finally have time to give me whatever procedure I'm going to get. That's just a special name. I don't know what it's called. Um, but I'm afraid that my migraine and the putting the Novocaine in my mouth and like doing the surgery is somehow going to, I don't know, c- compound and I'm going to like have a seizure or something. This is That's just your fear. that has occurred to me. Yeah. Mm. Or like, I'm just worried because the, te- the mouth is really close to the brain. Oh yes, like, it is. If you get infections in your mouth, they can spread to your brain, like this kind of thing, which is something that I've always vaguely had a fear of. But last time when I went to the dentist and I told them about this fear that I have that something will go wrong in my mouth and I'll get a disease in my brain, they were like, you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know about this migraine that I have. Anyway, so I'm going to the, the dentist today in like two hours um, to have this procedure done, hopefully. Um, and I'm just worried that no one really cares about me or knows me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't have any friends there. Yes. Peter isn't there. Peter's not there. (laughs) And like, I was telling Felipe this, but the last time I went to this dentist, the man there was so kind and he was so dedicated. And he was like, I worry about your teeth now. You don't worry about your teeth. Like I'm going to save your teeth. And uh, that's what you want to hear. Yes, and that's what I wanted to hear. You it like feel that. so good. Yes. And I just have a feeling I'm never going to see that man again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go into the dentist today. They're going to be like, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna take out your tooth, forget to give you Novocaine, and then leave you in the waiting room bleeding out because they have like overflow of people. Yeah. You go into the dentist room and you see his little feet like sticking out of a closet because he's been like knocked out or something. And totally. Else is in his outfit. Totally. There's just no chance that that man is going to take care of me. It's just going to be like, 
like something fucked up's gonna happen and, and I'm gonna tell them oh I've been having this migraine they'll be like that doesn't matter then I'm gonna have a grand mal seizure and then they're gonna be like oh it's cause you had a migraine yeah, it's like you, you should have told us you had a fucking yeah. migraine <laughs> exactly that's the way the way they're like you worry about your teeth okay <laughs> that's not my fucking job okay <laughs> you come in you're not gonna tell me you have a migraine that stuff that's 101 these infections can spread to your brain don't you know that Exactly. <laughs> That's what doctors are like. They're always trying to get you because they're scared. Being a doctor is a scary job. You can get sued at any moment. So you're always on the defense. Yeah, you're always trying yeah. to like offload liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your Honor, she did not tell me she had a migraine that morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, something funny. We only have 16 viewers now, but we had like 20 some really? second ago. Uh, 16 yes. is not bad. 16 is pretty good. And it's just making me think, man, why do we do the show at eight in the morning if people are not awake? And if only we just waited a little but bit. But that point would have only made sense when we had 20 something viewers. Now we now, have 16. So your point is totally moot. Someone says you have 20 right now. Yes. 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 yes! Thank you. You Sam, Sarah, uh, Sam, your your dream of stardom is not yeah. so far <laughs> off yet. <laughs> yeah, time to say? perk back up and start slaying socially again. Sarah, you know you don't look at Sorry, Instagram. Sarah. Don't look at stories. I, I, wait, that gives you. me the idea that I might look at Instagram too. Hmm. Listen up, guys. Um, the fuck, I freaking completely. You're just listening to me about the dentist. <laughs> Yeah, Being taken care it? of. If you know what Sam was going to say, and you're in the chat, offense. please sound please, off. Please, please tell me. <laughs> this on, happens. Sam. This happens on podcasts. This is why you can't look at it's Instagram your professional talker. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. man. I'm just uh, trying to riff like you're that. You're gonna bag on. Wait. Me. So we were joking about how Sarah, the doctor, would say. You didn't tell me you had a migraine, and they're yeah. trying to offload liability, and Sarah's afraid. No, of dying. it was something because I because my mind is rooms are connected in my mind that aren't connected like in, in other, other ways. Minds, so I I, I think completely differently. So it was about something like related, but in a kind of abstract way. Ah, uh, okay. So then we're in the realm of no, abstraction. Yes. So it's more of a side twombly style. <laughs> yes. <relationship>. Yeah. <laughs> a kind I of Escher esque. Yeah. You think the you think the stairs are going up, but actually they're sort of. Also going down at the same time. That's right. That's right. Can I do a shout out? Do a shout no. out. When we, we do, that's not, we're not doing shout outs right now. We should do <laughs> shout outs. When we were in LA and I asked them if I could shout them out and they said it was okay. I want to give a shout out to Molly and Hannah. Oh yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And, and look, and if I'm getting either of your names wrong, please hire a hitman to take me out. <laughs> I, you said them to me and I said, it is my job to remember these two names. But after the fright, so and if, if, if I forgot Molly, them, please yeah. let God strike me dead right now. And if you're in the chat, I will I will correct this. I will New York Times issue a correction next episode if I've gotten either of your names <laughs> wrong. I am so sorry. But Molly and Hannah, after the Friday show at LA at the Elysian, um, they came up to me and Sam and gave us flowers. Wow. And they said, we are Raisin Man listeners. Wow. Isn't that this? It's, I it's can't too, I couldn't believe it. It's too much. Even. Now you know why so, I was feeling the way I did out in LA. You felt like a star. You yeah. Get, you get flowers after a show. Yeah. Incredible. Thank you, Molly and Hannah. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just thinking about, do people ask you guys after shows that you do? Um, so what did you think about that? So how did you feel that that went? Do people ask you guys that really? Sometimes, but in friendly ways where they don't want a real answer. I feel like people have started asking me that a lot, and I don't know. Com my comedy people or, or Ev civilians? Anybody. 
comedy people and civilians. <laughs> um, will ask me. They'll be like, "Hey, so your show? So what did you? How did you think that went? Oh god! Like in some weird like therapist therapeutic intervention style Socratic method. Like I don't know. It really throws me. I have this one theory that it's because I'm extremely self critical, and like a lot of times when people tell me the show was good, even though I know you're supposed to just say thank you, I'll be like, well, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, so now people are switching to just being like, well. What did you, how did you think that it went? But it kind of like really bothers or it like throws me off a little bit where I'm like, why was there something I should have did some, did it not yeah. go well? What are you trying and, to imply? Yeah. What are you implying? What are you implying? So I just was wondering if people ask you that. Well, I uh, like it because anytime I come off stage, all I want to say to people is how you think it went. Well, because when someone comes up to you and they say nice show, unless you think it was a really good show, which rarely happens <laughs> you feel like you're lying to them by being like thank you yeah yeah yeah. it's like i want you to know that i know what went on the stage yeah yeah right yeah there. yeah here's what i think i think the script the social contract and the script for what is supposed to happen after your friend does a show and you're talking to them is so poorly drafted it's mm. it's not it's not a situation you learn about in school or your parents teach you about, about how to be polite yeah. in front of. It's such a specific instance that I don't think anyone, the performer or the friend afterward, is really prepared to properly navigate <laughs> it. You don't see it happen in movies ever. No. It's not something it's not there aren't enough models out there. And so I feel completely at a loss for yeah. how to be after yeah. I've been on stage. The only time it's easy is if someone really does an amazing set that you really think is so funny. And you get to go up to them and be like, that was really... Yeah, well, that's just I feel yeah. like when people talk to me, I think if you're not effusive, you didn't like it. Yeah, If right. you're not like, <laughs> that was awesome and really cool, then you didn't like it. Yeah. Which isn't true. But right. that's how I... Oh, by the way, I wanted to say one more thing. I can't remember either Molly or Hannah. One of them was one of the people who wrote you a letter, Sarah. That's right. That's who they were. Oh, gosh. And I have this horrible feeling of guilt that I didn't answer it. I think this is a... I was thinking yesterday about what my flaws are, which isn't something I've thought about for a while. I used to think about it all the time, mm. what my flaws are. And one of them is that I didn't answer 2022, this. we're thinking about our flaws We're thinking again. about our flaws. I'm re-interrogating myself. You know, at a certain point, you have to close the case. You mm -hmm. know, you've interrogated enough. And then some time passes and you need to yeah. interrogate again. Yeah. You get out the old brass knuckles <laughs> and bring the witness into a room. <laughs> time to interrogate you. Yeah. And I think, like, sometimes I can, like, let, I don't know, my own neuroses or my anxiety hurt other people in a way where it would have just been so easy to avoid, but I just, I give myself a lot of latitude. I got this one really nice email from Hannah about being a fan of Raisin Man. And it was so moving to me that I was like, well, I can't answer this now. I'll have to like, think about what to say yes. and like answer it later. And then as soon as like one week had gone by, I was like, Oh fuck, fuck. Like I've, I've waited so long to answer this. Like we'd done a whole other episode and I just started feeling so badly about not answering it and just compounding my own neurotic experience when it's like at any moment, had I just chosen to answer, yeah my it would have been well after the show in la she was like <laughs> make sure sarah answers the email <laughs> she went like joker mode and, like, just cackling and stuff so but she will come really kill nice you email, and i will answer it because i i really think about it and i'm like what can you say i also just haven't had that many experiences of someone like sending a thoughtful response to things that i've done besides like in real life people being like oh that was really great and that meant a lot to me and you're like oh okay thank you but for someone to really think about it and write something to you and for you to respond to it it's like it makes me think of the people who are famous in this world who are famous for um always answering their fan mail and stuff and i'm like how do they do that i think the trick is to 
yeah, not not put a lot of pressure on it, and I yeah. kind of write something shitty on purpose. Just be like, hey, this these are really nice words. Thank you. I guess it's just to go. Yeah, oh, right off shit, the dome. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deliberately fill it with spelling yeah. errors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Oh, uh, yeah. just drink making coffee now. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. just spell it over keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so sweet. I oft- I also feel this way about um reading. If someone writes me a nice note for my birthday, a lot of times I'll take weeks to read it because just to open it and read it, I'm just like, this is so nice. Like I can't believe they wrote this. Yeah, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Wow. Yeah, April so. April is such a hard month for me because so many people in my life have birthdays. Mm, yeah, I've read a lot of thoughtful notes. Yeah, but you know what I've done? I have to admit, I went the other way. I haven't gotten. I didn't get like anyone gifts. That's really. fire or notes. Like, That's and fire. it's like it was like it was like overload of responsibilities. If there had been one or two birthdays, I could have handled it. But there's like three or four. Is there any more coffee? There sure is. It's hot. Oh shit. Ooh, can oh, you, it's right over there. Can you pour me a l- Oh, fuck. Nah, your Damn cup's it. next to you, brother. Yeah, but I drank it, and my coffee's all the way over there. All right, that's how it goes. That's perfect. Oh, uh, God, Olivia's... You Olivia's c- my sister's calling me out. Not, I didn't get no, her a note. She didn't get a But I called her, and we there. talked for two hours. Yeah. Come on, Olu, cut me some slack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm not bad. Olivia yeah. not getting a note. I'm ba- yeah, not me not giving Olivia a note. <laughs> It's yeah, well, much. you should just you should establish yourself as a guy who doesn't get people presents, and then people won't. I just I'm not won't think twice, bro. This sounds like such a cop out. You're gonna say this is a cop out? It's just not my love language. That's, no, I just don't no, know how don't to fucking do it. Some people out. know how to give gifts. I've never figured. Will, you seen how that guy gives? gifts. Oh my gosh, you seen yeah. how that dude gives gifts? Even if he's giving you a gift card, he's gonna wrap it in the most beautiful paper you've ever seen. He's going to do right. like, that's right. It's incredible. And that's he right. loves to give gifts. I can't. Felipe, your gift to me is every day when you walk out of your room, <laughs> start banging around the kitchen loudly. <laughs> no, it, and talking no. to my parents, <laughs> yeah, yeah, freaking exactly. out into the phone. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I understand that. I think, yeah, I think people should be able to like express their love in the ways they want to. The older I get, that's my theory. Yeah, but in our but like in our culture, gifts it's like it's a little non-negotiable. It's like you didn't get me a gift. I don't care what your love language is. I don't care if this is one of your five love languages. You got to give me a gift on my birthday. Mm, I wish that it was more of a culture that you just get the gift when you're moved to get the gift. I feel like it's really hard if you don't have an idea to just think of a thing to get someone. It's like all right, a book. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's really hard. But if you just happen to see something that makes you think of someone and you can get it for them, that rules. Yeah. But it's true. You yeah. know what? What? I thought of a great gift for Will during when it was cold out. Mm. And I said to his partner, this is a great gift. Oh, yeah. And that's then right. his partner said, you know what the thing is, though? That gift won't work when it's warm. Mm. I should have just right, gotten that great idea. I just should have gotten it to him when it was fucking cold. And then you wouldn't be worrying right now. And I thought Will's birthday's in April when it's starting to get warm, so I obviously can't give him the gift. But if I had been abiding by your philosophy of when you're moved, yes. I would have gotten him the gift. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of checking my phone anxiously because I'm expecting at some point to have get an email back from my resignation email. But I shouldn't think about it now. <laughs> They're gonna get an email back from your doctor being Decline. like, "You already have yeah. the brain infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we looked at your charts. It's already moved to your brain. <laughs> Don't even come in. Don't even come it's in. It's inoperable. <laughs> yeah, but you're not excused from doing the razor man. Wait, show I have another friend who's getting a tooth pulled out. Why? 
Um, good luck to her. Um, good luck to her. She says she just has a tooth. Oh, it's her wisdom teeth got infected. Oh, I see. So you're so you, you got a partner out. out in the that's cool in Toothland. Are they yeah. gonna give you laughing gas? I hope so. Yeah, I love being on that. Totally, stuff. that stuff rocks. Well, you're a comedian. It's just true. Yeah. And the last time that I was on nitrous, I, when I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled out, I thought of no less than like one million jokes <laughs> 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 for myself while I was in the chair. Everything was making me laugh. Everything, every everything I noticed about the dentist, I was like, "That's a whole. That's a whole. That's, bit. Ten that's an hour, that's a whole bit. bro. That's, that's an, an hour. Just <laughs> on that guy. Bro. There was like a cool dentist who came in and he was wearing the the rubber gloves and he snapped the glove off into the trash can like a little like like he was doing a free throw or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, just the way he did it was so funny and i was like i gotta talk about that <laughs> <laughs> that's going on stage yeah. it was awesome and i had been filled with so much dread for the wisdom tooth thing and then i couldn't believe when it was over i was just like keep me on this shit i still have it a hole so in good. my mouth from where i got my wisdom tooth out damn son i can you gotta fill it. that in no i mean it's just like it's just like an indentation nah, you gotta fill that in what <laughs> bruh I'm you not gotta fill it in yeah. with oatmeal <laughs> i'll say this uh, you know we'll get a little real um please get my real. insurance company has denied coverage for first i thought i had to get a root canal <clears throat> they denied the coverage for that now i don't even have to get a root canal i just have to get like a a filling with some other kind of insert in my tooth. I don't, again, I don't know what it's called. Um, and they've denied me that because all they're willing to cover for my molar is for it to be extracted. If anything goes wrong with the tooth and this certain back tooth, then you're on Medicaid. They're just going to pull it out, which is just so fucked up because for people who can't afford to just pay out of pocket for it, they just get their teeth ripped out that they don't need to have removed. And it changes the whole structure of your mouth. You lose one of your teeth, all the other teeth shift around, you know, really? you got a big hole. Yeah. Like the way they do your wisdom teeth, they're so far in the back. I think it doesn't really have that effect. But like all the teeth lean on each other, and so if you pull one out, the rest all shift around, and then you just get other kinds of fucked up problems. Damn, so it's just another classic like way that poor people get abused that only makes them more fucked over time. Well, do you and, think Medicaid you know, is like we want to encourage procedures that will just disintegrate a person into nothingness so that we don't have to cover <laughs> them anymore? I don't know. Just getting just getting body parts just amputated but it made until me they think- disappear. I've also heard that if you get teeth pulled, like you get a kind of sunken look in your face that I think people associate with like people who are addicted to different types of drugs that really? mess with your teeth, you know? Yeah, and that, that can just happen from having your teeth removed at all. Your face gets kind of sunken. It just changes the shape of your face. And I'm like, wow, it keeps, it's a system that makes it so that like you, the poor people look a certain way, rich people look a certain way. Interesting. Yeah, and it just makes me sick. So is there, you can, there is always the option to fill rather than pull? No, I don't think so. There must be some cases where like you got you got to take the tooth out, or you got to get a fake tooth or something. But like a root canal is if a you get a fake procedure. tooth, does it pre- prevent that thing from happening? I assume so. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. But like for this, like I'm getting a filling, and they're suggesting that I just have the tooth pulled out for a filling. It's unbelievable. So yeah, that is unbelievable. That. I don't want to see yeah. you with a sunken face. I know. And then what's really annoying? I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast or not. I, I probably have before, but I hate. You know the thing in liberal culture how you're not supposed to be mean to customer service reps on the phone. Yes, I mm. think that's such a like because classic. It's not their, it's not their fault. fault. But to me, it's like so missing the larger point, which is like you're getting fucked over by this like massive faceless entity yes. that is using people who get paid ten dollars an hour to like shield yes. them yes. from the anger of the public. And so like you're actually given no choice. There's no one to get angry at because obviously you yes. can't be mean to those people because it's not their fault. But you're given no. You can't talk to the shareholders. And they and they and they. Sh- genuinely can't help you and they cannot when they help can't you. help you they can't help you i was just reading yeah mark fisher's capitalist realism and he talks about that he goes there's this idea 
that capitalism um, make does away with bureaucracy. But actually, he goes, anyone who lives in our modern modern society knows that capitalism actually like supercharges bureaucracy. Yes. And and he goes, and the regular person's experience of this hyper bureaucracy is in the customer service representative who who like holds all the power and none of the power. Yes. Who who like. cannot help you and who you cannot get mad at but it's this like labyrinthine and so he talks a lot about kafka in the trial and he's like he's like this is a result of capitalism it is not it is not like a a socialist um paradigm totally yeah and the reason i say it's like a liberal thing is because i just think liberals are so concerned with politeness and niceties and so they sort of stop at the level of like you just need to be nice to the person on the phone but it's like what's the real crime that's being done here like there's something really evil my dad's theory is that if you abuse the person on the phone enough they'll be moved to be like something needs to change with this company (laughs) (laughs) they'll move it they'll move it up up. yeah i never i try to never be mean to people on the phone but sometimes you just like this is like it makes me want to cry well sometimes sometimes i i don't yell but sometimes i'm like i want you to know i'm really unhappy with this yes or Um, i I will say i know it's not your fault but this is terrible news that you're giving me yes i do that all the time i'm like ah you're really yes yeah (laughs) and then you just hope that they but they can't do anything no of course not can i can i give you another perspective from on the the other side of the of the capitalist uh coin yeah you're on the other side of the coin yeah (laughs) yeah, he's a shareholder in uh, health first new york (laughs) when, when i was working at gartner i'd you know like the clients my clients were like cios of big companies so these are the people who run the it system like the the the, all the technology that makes a company operate and they often run the like call centers that like customers have to call into Mm -hmm. when they have problems and these people they get paid they have multi-million dollar salaries and they're legitimately like really worried about how bad the experience is Hmm. And I was completely surprised about that. that Oftentimes, they, they were they would express concern that they're like, "Oh my god!" Like customers, like it takes them so long to find the right thing, and we can't. It's hard for us to direct them to the right thing, and we have all these people who we've hired, but they're spending a long time trying to help people, yeah. and we need to make it easier for customers to get to the things that they need. And I was like. I, it completely surprised me because I was like, I thought you don't give a shit about this. Yes. I thought it's the point is that it's supposed to be awful so that you yeah. never want to call in. That's funny. I mean, because I do think that even, you know, the people who are in power, it's the, what's it called? The something um, of evil. The, the banality, the banality, of, banality of, evil. of evil. Like not, there's not really a single evil employee of even a really fucked up healthcare pharmaceutical company. You know, they're all like, for I think for the most part, have good intentions with what or everyone doing. thinks that they're totally. doing a good yeah. thing. Totally. And that yeah, that they're making reasonable choices. But yeah, I don't know. It's and, strange. And also that they are they really are in positions of immense power and I think they could do things to change it, but they also they have an int- feeling about themselves that they are under the gun and that yeah. they have no power yeah, yeah, yeah. and that they're at the like su- subject to a lot of forces outside of their control and i was like oh if it's not you guys then like who the fuck well, is well but it? i mean there's also sort of uh, unexamined assumptions right like if if healthcare was like anything you do just gets paid for there's no means testing. We don't have to figure out whether this counts as a thing you pay for or not. We don't have to figure out if you 
uh, are eligible because being eligible for Medicaid is a way that you filter out people who you're like, well, you make too much money. You yeah. could be paying into. So it's like all of those things, if you did away with them, you'd be getting, you'd be doing away with a bunch of, totally. with a bunch of bureaucracy that's dedicated to filtering those people out. But the, but the, so, but the problem there isn't that the customer service is bad. The problem there is, is that you're trying to filter people out based yes. on the idea that like, if you can pay for insurance, you should pay for insurance. So it's like yeah. the, 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 the problem sort of begin kind of be, before. Totally. Yeah. But these were people who, these were not people in healthcare. This was like people who run like airlines or people who run like banks and stuff like that. Which I am, um, which is to say, not not to to negate your. Yeah, point, why are you antagonizing me, Sam, on the <laughs> podcast? I think healthcare is completely. <laughs> yeah. I think healthcare is completely fucked up. But I was even. I was just surprised that even they at, at, at even the like the CEO yeah. like CIO like C suite boardroom level, they're talking about being worried about what pe- the customer yeah. experience is when they're on a call. Yeah, in my health insurance appeal, I think the most irritating part ended up being that when I found out that this tooth, tooth number 18, it's called, was denied any kind of coverage. I did not know they got numbers. <laughs> they got I thought numbers. they had names. 18 is not covered for anything except extraction, basically. Um, I submitted, they were like, would you like, I was sort of upset on the phone. It's like, well, I think I haven't even been crying. I was really, really frustrated. And it was just so ridiculous to me that this wouldn't be paid for. Um, and that they were suggesting I have it extracted, which to me, the idea that a, an insurance company would suggest that you have your tooth extracted is like they're committing medical malpractice. Like the dentist didn't say my tooth should be extracted. Right. So why are you telling me that that's the, cu- the care that I'm going to get? You're not a doctor. So it was just really like blowing my mind. Um, now I'm over it. <laughs> um, that's good. They were like, do you want to submit a formal complaint? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Um, and they were like, okay, all formal complaints will be resolved within 60 days. And I was sort of like uh, sarcastically enthusiastic to be like, I can't wait to see what the resolution process <laughs> is like. And like, how they're going to make this up for me. I'm waiting with bated yeah. breath <laughs> to find out. <laughs> exactly. So I submit this complaint where they're like, all right, tell us the complaint. And they're typing down word for word what you say into the complaint. And I was just saying really ridiculous things, just being like, this is evil. You guys are being evil by doing this. That's and funny. Like, <laughs> and uh, I got a call back like a week later from the resolution department. And they were like, hey, it's the resolution department. We got your complaint. And yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Tooth number 18 isn't covered. So the case is closed. And that was no. the resolution of the complaint. Wow. And the fact that wow. they would even call me and waste five more minutes of my time. <laughs> <laughs> and act like that was a resolution I process. Say, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Bro, that I, really crossed the line. Did they, did they yeah. say which teeth were covered? If any, the front teeth you can get a root canal on for some reason, but wow. the back teeth you can't. Yeah, they were like they're not necessary. Well, because no one sees because them, you know, they're kind of <laughs> out there. I don't need them. Humans, I never use humans it. Humans are predators, so they need the biting part of yes. their teeth, yeah, but they exactly. shouldn't have like the chewing part in the back. So yeah. that was just really beyond the pale to have a complaint process, and then the complaint process is just a person calling you to be like. I already told you. It's like I already I already knew this would get lost yes. in like a morass <laughs> of bureaucracy. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I am I well, I'll have two anecdotes. One is the best customer service I ever got actually kind of pissed me off because I I was like, you're trying to give me good customer service. Was <laughs> you know who does it? You know who does it good? Apple. They, oh, they, they like, good. have you ever called into Apple with a problem? No, but I've seen one of their geniuses. It is, <laughs> it's a white guy yes. who speaks really good English yes. and they're always super friendly. Yes. To you. Well, yeah. I called in because I had forgotten my password for my Apple ID and I was like 
freaking out. I was so angry. And then just like, hey, what's up, Felipe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that sucks. It's your best buddy on the pipeline. line. That's really tough. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna walk you through it, all right? And don't worry, we're going to get this figured out, man. How's your day, by the way? And I'm and I'm in front of this bike store, like underneath the bridge, like on Fulton. I'm like, fucking help me out. And and then like the call cut out. And he's like, and he calls back and he's like, hey, Felipe, so sorry about that. But let's figure it out. Like, can you? And then he was doing like friend stuff where he was like, all right can you think of anything this password could have been? Like, think of passwords you've used in the past. Like, what could it be? You know? <laughs> he was yeah. like, really friendly. Yeah. I'm going to hold your hand. By the way, I'm coming to purgatory it. later. Yeah. 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 Is that a podcast, man? That's great. And like, I was mad, but he absorbed all of it. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, he was, he was always peppy. And then second hack I've found, and I told you about this. Um, my cousin told me this. Uh, if you press two for Spanish, you will get help faster. Presumably because there's less people on the Spanish. Wow. Office. So, Sam, I know you speak a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> you should try that out. Fumbling through it. Uh, estoy, uh, quiero el pollo. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Cool. Uh, wow, that's mm, worth it. Yeah. yeah. My best customer experience, gotta shout them out. 110 Lincoln P- Place Spa. I go there to get massages. They really care. They have a sign posted in the massage room. They've l- raised their prices in the last three years about uh, $1 to $3. And they have a sign giving five reasons why they had to raise the prices, like explaining like COVID was difficult time for massage parlors. The rent has gone up in the neighborhood. We'd like to raise the salaries of our employees. Wow. Uh, yeah, our supplies c- cost X amount more. Just at this level that I was like, for a $1 to $3 price increase, you do not need to be this yes, transparent. Yes, yes. You can count on your customers like not remembering <laughs> that the, so the massage is supposed to be $56 and not $59. But the <laughs> fact that they would do that, I was like, this is like from another world that you guys are being like this. Businesses do not act like this. They yeah, just obfuscate and pretend. That's really nice. It's really nice. And then they also have a policy where you're allowed to come by and get a bo- bottle of water anytime you want, even if you don't need a massage. What? Yep. For and free? For free. What? And if it's raining, they'll give you a free umbrella. What? Wow. Yep. Yep. Where are they? Take that, Mark Fisher. 110 Lincoln Place Spa. I, I guess guess I Mark Fisher was wrong. Yeah. What business school did they go <laughs> Good to? Good thing he's dead now. <laughs> Wait, my cousin told me too that he called in to like uh, Medicaid, like um, uh, to, what do you call it, customer service. Yeah. And his wife is from Costa Rica, and he said that he was speaking to the guy in Spanish on the um, on the on the line, and he gave the guy on the line his wife's full name, and then the guy said, "Wait, what's her name?" And then my cousin was like, "This is her name," and then he goes, "That's my last name too." And I'm also from Costa Rica. She gets on the phone. They start talking. They find out they're second cousins or like third cousins. Oh, my god! Yes, they're family. Wow. And they're like, oh, my God, this is so nice. I'm going to hook you up. Da, da, da. Long story short, the Medicaid did not cover the thing she needed. <laughs> and he could not help her. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you, you got family in there. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Even if you got a guy on the inside. We got two things in the chat. One Millie's here. What's up, Millie? Millie's doing his laundry. He says Sam has a nice bucket. It's chat. my bucket hat. My bucket hat. I'm my bucket, bucket hat. Sleep is. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cute. Mm. And then Rocky Balboa Constrictor says, "My mom thought I was flirting with the insurance agent who had called to let me know that I was getting coverage for an accident. She was so nice that I started using my own customer service voice to match her tone. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's nice when they give you good news. The customer service people. And you yes. Like, wow, thank you, Vanessa. This has been you've been really helpful. Sometimes yeah. they really yes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they really feel for you and they help you. Totally. Yeah. What, something someone Lily, I think Lily, my twin sister, taught me this is 
whenever you're on a customer call, customer agent call, always write down the name of the person who's mm. helping you, and then you can refer to them by name. Mm. And it's it goes a long way. Mm. Goes a long way. Hmm. Yeah, they are nice to you. Jesse does, I think, or used to do phone support, customer service for like a cool, edgy tampon company. I would love to call in and get Jesse the tam- on the phone. The tam- She's so yeah. charismatic. Wait, the tampons were edgy. Yeah, oh, there's something. That sounds. <laughs> Like it would hurt. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> All right, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, folks, man, this has been our one of our loosest episodes. What? I feel like really. We're ringing I don't know. this I customer service. Thing. Oh, you feel I relaxed? Feel really I relaxed. thought you meant like we we have no direction or something like that. No, no, we've been covering all kinds of this and that stuff. Well, it's the eye before the storm. You know, sometimes the greatest jokes and the best fun you have is right the day right before the war uh, happens. And you, you, you use know? it up all in the morning. Yeah, and exactly. War. Yeah. We were coming up with what we're going to do for the for the show tonight. And we were we we didn't really write bits. So to, like we didn't but we wrote sort of like riffs we wanted to do. But then we'd riff and think of something funny and then go, well, now we can't say that. Yeah. Wait, I'm getting a phone call from my dad. Um, you guys vamp. Here's something I hate about riffing slash telling a story, even in a regular circumstance. You know, when you're talking and you kind of mess up one of the details, like if you need to es- use a number and be like, oh, this thing costs this much, and you way over say how much it costs, and then everyone doubts the credibility of your story. Yes. And you have to be like, okay, well, that's not what I meant. Or they really dwell on that for a long time and like make, make a meal out of like yes. making fun of you for yes, that. Yes, yeah. out of messing that up. I hate when that happens. I hate that too. I, really I hate that too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what or like hate? pronounce something wrong. I often pronounce words like a little wrong. Or and then that really yeah. catches people up. I'm saying I hate when you're telling a story and you like mess up on the details. Like if you're talking faster yes. than you're thinking and you need to like say estimate an amount of time or an amount of money or something and you use a number that's like way too big and then people are like, wait, that's a lot. Yeah. That's how much? That's how much it costs? Yeah. And you're like, okay, no. But you know what I mean. And then they're you like, know what I mean? Believe the rest of the story. That wasn't true. <laughs> yes. And the yeah. fact that they're talking about it for so long lets you, cues you into the fact that they don't give a shit about what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. You're saying they're just looking That's for jokes, looking for funny, funny things. Yeah, yeah. search and destroy. Yeah. <laughs> true. That is so true. I have a friend who I won't name who like, never he never catches the beginning of a story i tell i think he always hears me starting to tell a story and is like i'm not going to care about this and then we get about halfway into the story and he suddenly realizes there's some kind of point or that i'm telling it to him because he'll find it interesting and then he'll go inevitably wait 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 who who are we talking about like take me all the way back to like the most fundamental like you didn't listen to the first 90 seconds and he just does it every time i tell a story and it blows my mind and i just want to say to him listen from the beginning listen from the beginning <laughs> because you're not and it's showing me that you you're guessing the story is not going to be of interest to you i i sometimes do that but do not too. on purpose sometimes you just zone start out thinking, start thinking about something else yeah. and then you try to see if you can pull off catching up yes and then a lot of times you can't you're <laughs> trying to get context details to reconstruct totally. it's like a detective important and it makes it seem like you weren't paying attention to something important but you're like i didn't know at the beginning of the story this was going to be Something I bo- important. I posted this thing on Instagram, but when we were when we were on, um, and you can see me doing it, but when we were at that restaurant in LA, you told a story about asking 
how you asked for a burrito, a breakfast burrito, and then you got a bunch of fried chicken. Do you mind if I tell the story? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So basically you were like, I asked for a a breakfast burrito. I got a plate of fried chicken. And then Will and Ian said, no, Sam, you asked for fried chicken. Like, Sam, you blacked out. You believed you were asking for burrito. But your instincts kicked in and you asked for fried chicken. Because that's what your body wanted. And your (laughs) body knows what it is. Yeah, but you were like like flabbergasted that you'd gotten all this fried chicken. And then Sam and Will were like, Sam and, uh, I mean, Will and Ian were like, you no, dude, this. that's what you ordered. And so you were telling that story and I was filming you telling it and I was like so loopy. I was like tired. We'd spent the day at the pool. It was sunny. And you're just like, yeah. So I'm like getting this burrito and then I, all this fried chicken comes in and I'm like, wait, did you order that? And then you're like, no, no, no. D- the beginning of the story was I ordered the burrito and you keep talking and then I go and you're like, eh, but so there was all this fried chicken and then I go, Wait, was that for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I fully did not hear Missing the beginning the of the story. <laughs> point. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the video is on my Instagram, so you can see me asking these dumbass <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what are other annoying things that people do? Well, we didn't. I was hoping when we were coming back from LA that we'd talk about LA, but you know, then a, an episode went by. Julie Mounsey was on the show. You should listen to that episode. It actually came out yesterday, a couple of days came late. Came out yesterday. We could talk about theater, the American guys, theater, the state of the American theater. You guys talk about theater, but I thought, oh, me and Sam are going to get into it about our trip. Now, too much, too long has passed, and it doesn't make any sense it would be sort of strange and awkward to talk about it yeah and 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 sarah if see sarah you should be wringing the story out of us you know you should be like the one who's asking mm. the interesting questions about la and what we learned and mm. stuff but i feel really interested in all that honestly <laughs> i have just kind of this like I, i'd love to hear about it cop bangers wants to hear about it i'd love to hear about it i'm feeling this like I don't know, this overwhelming dread as I was talking about earlier. So almost like getting to hear the LA story is like, oh, I have to, there's so much I have to do before I can hear that about LA. What do you need to do? Let's do it. And then we can talk about it. <laughs> I have to go to the dentist. Oh, that's what you're afraid of. <laughs> so you, yeah. I feel I, like I can't relax. I seen you when we're talking, I mean, tell me if this is true, but I, we'll be talking and then even right now, I mean, and then you're, you're just sort of like looking into the ground. I'm, is it because you're freaked out? It's because I'm freaked out. It's, it's your last day on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are you going to come to the show tonight like zonked out on something? No, no. They're, no. It's, they're doing, it's a very simple intervention. I guess it's just the, the confluence of our first Raising Man show back. I just put my notice in for my job. Um, we're doing the show right now during my work day when I'm supposed to be working and I have to go to the dentist. I'm just like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I feel so stressed out, but I'm kind of like a little ice skater, like skating over the top of it. Yes. But just being like, well, why don't we just talk sort of casually about storytelling <laughs> yes. and memories? But then the idea of being like, all right, now I got to interview Felipe and Sam about their trip. To <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I can't do it. We just have to keep it light, keep it light. But we're hearing that people want to hear the LA stories. So. See, but now I don't even know if I can deliver. I'm like, well, now I'm bashful. Now I'm no, bashful. I'm like, I don't, don't want to talk about that. about it, to be honest. Yeah. I know. I think it's funny, but I, I feel sort of self-conscious to have you guys talk about this on the podcast or even to bring it up. But there's a funniness to like going to LA where there's kind of like... Uh, there's a New York City scene that we're in. Sure. And then there's the people who used to be in New York who've moved to LA yes. because they're more successful. Yes. And then when you go to LA, you get well, to hang out with them. Well, not, not always. Not always. Not, not always. always. Not, not always. always. But there is more of a sense to me of like, I don't know. There's a like, 
in New York, the people who are successful in New York work for Saturday Night Live, and you never see them because they're busy all the time. Right. Um, people who are there's more successful people in LA in comedy, I think. This is true. And there's more people grinding out in New York. So if you go there, you get to go be with the successful people, and you both get to live in the shadow of their success, but also be in their uh, proximity in a way that must make you feel sort of important or something. I don't know. And so this is what I think about going to LA, but I don't necessarily want to talk about that because it's a little like name names you know <laughs> oh wait yeah. so let me just try to tease out what you're trying what would what would be the simple question that you would ask if you could distill well, I, that whole reflection into a question well i would want to say there was like one person who i was told was at every event that you went to this oh, one yes, famous yes, person yes, was yes, there yes, yes, that ha- being, being weird and just being like weird, being off in the corner weird. like not yeah yeah and i would just want to be like that's funny and just point that out and to be like that's what la is like that one person's always around i know um, i was like this person's a real hangouter <laughs> this person likes to hang yeah. out um so that's where i would have started I'm trying to think. yeah but we're not gonna get well I, I mentioned that i met another person who was sort of like who i met at some party who i guess has some amount of whatever and i was like yeah you know that person's always hanging out and then they said to me you know for a while on their close i, I hope this isn't like i mean what who gives a shit but i was like they were like that person for a while on their close friend stories every friday they would they would post what's the move that's awesome and, and then <laughs> this person said they must have gotten called out because they stopped awesome. <laughs> they stopped doing that's it but i was awesome. like yeah you know i love i love someone who wants to hang out that's awesome. someone who wants to be out that's all the so time funny. this is what i'm talking about in terms of like why i'm f- afraid about attendance at the show tonight i haven't been in a what's the move situation yeah. in so long i'm always like at Life World or specifically at a show or an event, I never go to a second location. It's always like the move after this is that I'm going to go home. It's true. Um, We're not in a what's the move kind of world. Yeah. And like I used to be in a what's the move culture. And if you're someone who's doing what's the move, you're seeing a lot of people in a night. You're making a lot of friends. You're like running into a bunch of people that you see all the time enough times that even though you never hang out with them one on one, that's your buddy. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. You can just live a different way. So I've been kind of retired, I feel like. And now it's like... Now we're going to throw a party show and it's like, oh yeah, now Sarah Wilson wants to have people come and do like a party. Okay, sure. That's how I feel a little. Yeah. I feel really self-conscious. I feel that too. Yeah. I feel that too. I see what you're saying. Who Um, is being, what's the move? I'm trying to. No, it's a a person whose name we don't want to say, but just like a famous person who was like at every party we were Uh, at. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. And you know who this is. And you know who it is. I'm going to say it with my eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but what are my other questions about LA? Did you guys leave being like, I mean, my fear is that everyone's going to move to LA and like, you know how I feel about it. One, I can't drive. Two, I just want everyone that I love to be in one place and they're oh, all in New York. So don't move. If you start moving to LA, then it's fractured. I know. But what are you going to do? Well, you're going to stay in New York. Why don't you come to LA? Because I can't drive. Learn to drive. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know. I've been saying, I've been thinking that I was going to move to LA for like, so I was like, well, something's going to bring me out there for like four years and nothing has brought me out there. So it's just like, yeah, who bro, knows for how much longer I'm going to be, be a loser. A while I've never what been happened? about to be famous, but <laughs> I've always thought, I've always thought I'm going to get some like storyboarding thing, yeah. some animation thing and yeah. nothing has happened and I've continued to be the same loser. So I'm just like, you know, honestly, this could go well into my 30s. Uh, that's funny. Can I say, I'm being overly, I feel overly exposed by myself today, but I have to say this observation, which is that, Please. you know in dreams, how you can be uh, lucid dreaming, where you're fully conscious that it's a dream. You can also be sort of half conscious that it's a dream, 
um, where... Oh, real quick. Dash is saying, is this why you posted 40 tweets from Boulder asking what the move was? <laughs> yes. yes. I just thought it was just the idea of saying funny. what's the move on every so Friday. Funny. There's something so, there's something kind of sad about it. I mean, it's like, totally. but it's like abject. So I just thought it would be funny to do it when I was in Boulder, Colorado. Just like, yeah. What's the move, Boulder? Um, Sorry, go on. So lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. You can also, this is my, mo- sometimes I lucid dream, but my most common experience of dreaming is that I usually have bad dreams and I usually will think within the dream, oh no, I hope this bad thing doesn't happen next. And by my thinking it in the dream, it's exactly what happens. Yeah. And that this is the way dreams are built somehow. I don't understand. That's the internal logical structure of a dream. Um, and that sometimes, today I was reading about someone, someone who posted a, like a corny thing on Instagram about how like uh, real life is just a dream and that we'll wake up eventually from the dream what? of real life. I don't even think that's corny. I think it's kind of funny to what think about and interesting. No way. And I was thinking like, oh, I have a f- strong sense in my mind that it would not make any sense for me to be famous. Like, it just doesn't make any sense and it, it wouldn't be right. Um, and so I'm like, oh, if, if real life is a dream, then I'm never moving to LA and nothing will ever happen because I've already, you know, decided. And in the dream logic, you make these decisions. Yeah. So wow. I just had that thought this morning. That's kind of a heady thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it, yeah. that's quite a heady brew. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Sometimes you do meet famous people and you think, oh, you got to be really evil to be famous. Mm-hmm. People say that. Yeah. In New York. I feel like that's a little like thing people whisper where it's like, are, but are they, are you really ready to, are you evil enough? Are you ready to do what it takes? Do you have yeah. the evil in you? <laughs> I don't think everybody, I don't think you need no, to be evil no, to be Zach famous. Zach Galifianakis isn't evil. <laughs> I wonder. He's not. No, well, you told not. me you told me about a, pe- a person sort of in our circle, in our sort of adjacent circle. I just thought this was so. I was like, someone's got to write a book with a character that is like that. But you were like, it's a person who has a lot of success in their like little scene, and because of that, they're like real move makers, and so they've like mm. burned a lot of bridges, and mm. and like people are mad at them. On the other hand, they're terrified of making people mad. Like yes. they don't want to be disliked. They're terrified of burning bridges. And so they overcompensate by being like yes. really nice and like t- very careful about their moves. But just those two qualities in one person. Yes. I, I, something about that yes. spoke to me. It's kind yeah. of, I, I love it. We've also spoken like a thousand times about how your perspective really changes. Like from being someone who's like just moved into a scene and you're going to open mics and you want the people who you really respect to be nice to you, but they kind of don't have the time of day and you're like, they're mean. Yeah. And once you do have the time of day, you're like, they're nice. And then you get like older and you've been around a little bit and you're like i don't necessarily have the time and energy to be expansively warm to every random person who like arrives and is like i want to be a comedian it's like and i'm not even that high status it's just a matter of like uh, where are my friends? Where are my friends? Yeah, you're you're barely expansive. <laughs> I to your best friends. Well, you, were, you were saying this, Sam, and I think this is an underrated truth. But like wanting something out of like a social situation makes you more nice and fun. Yes. When you like move to the city and you don't know anybody, you're like at your best because you want things. And then when when you have your friends, when you got the things you want, and you're at a party. It's like. It's not because you're evil, but it's you're like just it's like, all love, it's man. Tiring. It's all love, man. But it's I'm I'm kind of here for another reason, which is just to hang out with my one friend that's over there. And <laughs> yeah. And, leave, yeah, and I was thinking, there's that I've talked about it before, but it's the like, um, it's the like, uh, um, what is it? Like everyone cares about status syndrome, where when you go to a party, and it's a scene, and you're not in the scene, and you feel alienated. You, what you interpret the party to be is like no one cares about having fun. Everyone's just looking at each other's clothes. Everyone's just looking at what's like what other people's status is that's what the outsider perceives yeah but once you're in the scene 
it doesn't seem that way when no. people like give you the time of day suddenly all of that like superficiality that you were like projecting onto the thing vanishes goes away. and honestly that's, like that's my community that's yeah. kind of how i felt about la this time around where mm. it's not like it, it was just like we had done a show and some people had seen it and so there are people who usually wouldn't give a shit about us or who if i wanted to talk to them i'd have to like fanboy had seen the show yeah, yeah so at yeah. the very least i could go up to them and they'd be like you're a performer like me i understand who you are and yeah. you're kind of part of the today and yeah you've are belong here totally exactly. and it's not about like having killed or about being like goaded or anything it's just like people give one percent of a shit about who you are yeah or, exactly or like they say something to you and you can they're like i do this thing and then you can say back to them I just came to do a show or I like came to talk to this totally. person. And they're like, I know that person. Okay. You're like, now yeah. I know a little bit about you or we have some connection. And for the first time that I went to LA, I was like, Oh yeah. Like I can kind of totally hang a little bit. Yeah. There. So it's a funny thing. I already, I, I'm going to let you talk if you wanted to say something, but, um, uh, I feel I'm here to win. I'm here <laughs> to, to witness, witness, to bear witness yeah. to you guys. Really gifted a, a tier one <laughs> sub to cop. That's bangers. amazing. Thank you. So I love the generosity in the chat. I don't even Wait, know what these yeah. subs do. Can you take the chat and like, just make yeah. it a little bigger? It yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I bring that up not to be. It embarrasses me to say that as if I think that like I'm a famous person to anyone in this scene, which I'm not. But I guess just to say that like one's perspective on what makes someone like clout chasing or evil or like betraying other people yes. can really shift wildly it, with your perspective yes. on and it, totally and, and yeah. is totally based on their own position of where they are in totally. the scene. Yeah, totally. how you perceive other people. Yeah, is like I always think it's funny the thing of like. Um, People will hate someone who's mean until the day that person is, starts being nice to them, and suddenly they're like, even though they know that person's mean to other people, they're like, well, they're actually nice to me. So. Totally, yeah. yes. I feel a little You're bit in the club. Now. We're we're You're like we're club. like lab yeah. mice. Yeah, we're so simple. Yeah, I just yeah. think that's so cringe. I, whenever I hear anyone say the words, "Well, they're nice to me," <laughs> I'm like, go You're, great. You're that's gone. big brain. Yeah, You're <laughs> your galaxy brain on that. I yeah. do think it's galaxy brain though, because it's just like, because it's just like <laughs> it's level three is level one. They're nice. It's they're sort of like it's sort of like friendship above everything it's like yeah they're bad but they're my friend and i'm loyal to my friends i think I, there is something a little galaxy brained about that yes but i guess i just think that like it sucks when you're someone who someone is mean to and then someone else is like but they're nice yes. to me it's like no but if they're being mean generally then they're probably mean and the fact that they're nice to you is but a small right the you the nice nice is exception to the rule yeah mean is always the rule <laughs> nice is exception to the rule you have to be nice 100 percent of the time otherwise you're mean otherwise you're mean. Yeah, in an exactly. essential sort of exactly. way exactly yeah. but i just feel it where you're just like well you're not gonna catch me out here saying sh mean shit about someone who's nice to me because <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get on the mean side yeah, yeah hell no uh, uh, this is something that I, probably neither of you will relate to uh but I feel like now having a girlfriend, I'm like, Sam why would girlfriend. I be? Sam's wifed up, ladies. Why would, why would I go out and be social with I know, people? you said that at this birthday party that we were at, and I was like, come on, because I'm here. <laughs> Felipe's here. <laughs> I know. it's And it's the sort of thing that when you don't have a girlfriend, you're like, are you crazy? Going yeah. out rules. Yeah. But then you have a girlfriend, and you're like, why would I? Like, it just changes your, like, yeah. just your whole gestalt the entire perception of the world shifts and it's impossible to understand when you don't have a partner. Totally. Yeah. That, that yeah. little shining star that's in the, in, at the end of every night where you're like, Oh, maybe I'll meet someone who I'm really, yes. really excited about. You're like, no, yeah. I already have a girlfriend. And I already have all my best friends and I can see them whenever I want. Yeah. Why would I go to a 
club. Or I feel like when I was younger and I would get like a really big crush on someone, that crush would orient every decision I would make about how I spend my time. Would be like, where is that person going to be, and how can I like end up where that person's going to be naturally? Um, <laughs> and then to not have a crush anymore, when you're kind of like, oh, I'm not really feeling anybody. Suddenly you're just like, oh, there's no reason to go to any particular place. I'll just show up and like, I don't know. Yeah, I can just feel so. I don't know. Yeah, you forget. You forget how much like self-interest and desire plays into yeah. your personality you forget about it every time every time you learn about it again wow is aren't i different when i want something out of a person and it's yeah. like a kind of an ugly thing to realize but i think it's it gives you a plot kind of true. you gotta have a goal you gotta have a like an arc there's a mission mm-hmm. and then you can kind of have little side quests where you have a nice conversation with someone you didn't expect to talk to yes. but you gotta have the major the goal there yeah yeah well Felipe, well, i felt like and maybe I'm wrong about this and you can take this out if this is embarrassing or whatever, but like I felt like ah, part part of myself. doing live shows maybe sort of coincided with you being single. Oh, interesting. And being oh, like, fuck. oh, I want to like kind of get out there and sort of ah. be seen and be a guy who's like in the scene, but also social, but also doing cool shit live. I feel like you've always wanted to do live I've shows. A, well, even when I had a partner. Though. That's true, but you're like, and I, it, fuck, and I fucking destroyed my relationships. Apps. I do hate dating apps. <laughs> yeah, you well, want to meet people at bars and stuff. I mean, yes, this is true. This is 100% true. But but I feel like I had a philosophy that we should do, be regularly performing live, even when I had a partner. Totally. Yes. I also That's think that true. it's not the best way. I mean, maybe it's different if you're a, a guy or something, but... I think I'm much hotter if I don't get on stage and try to make people laugh. <laughs> 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 if I'm just standing in the room and you don't really know yeah. what's up with me. Yeah. There's something about performing stand-up comedy to me that, you know, unless you really crash, it's not particularly oh. sexy. It's like, oh, this person really needs something from everyone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> this is so horribly needy. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed by what you said, Sam. In fact, I, I struck it down with facts yeah. and logic. You know, listen to this chip insider uh, knowledge. I'll be quiet Sam's for another ten minutes. Sit down, Sam. Uh, all right, I tried, and I got one more chance to talk <laughs> for the podcast over. Sam, I hope you feel like you can talk on the podcast. No, no, I do. I oh, do. Okay. I do. You just didn't understand the dream logic. Uh, (laughs) sometimes i feel like you guys are talking like vibing so much (laughs) about what you two are saying and i was like and i think part of it is that i come from like a different speaking culture where it's where there's like silence needs to be put between what people say (laughs) and like responses but i'm like oh you're you're already like a on a there's already four wheels on this car. There doesn't need to be another wheel like being like, yes, 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 yes. Well, that's like my my thing. Uh, I, I spent a bunch of time with my cousin in, in Colorado and I just, you know, I've always had this problem that I I talk too much. I, I And seeing him, I was like, yep, the men in my family, there's something in the, there's something in our genes. They talk too we much. We talk too much. And I, and I'm not like indicting him. I also talk too much, but mm. it's just like, what is that thing? You like, you, when I'm like, when I'm calm, I'm like, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. And I try to do it, but then you lose your cool. Suddenly you're excited you about an idea or something. Yeah. And you're just like, you got, you need to. And then you forget you black out. And then, yeah. and then <laughs> you, you come back in and you're like, I've been talking for seven minutes straight without asking a question so like funny. um and it was just kind of a distressing a distressing thing to, to see, see upon the face of someone yeah. else it's like we share genes totally. everyone knows that this is the problem that the deployment totally have. i also 
I sometimes get overly impassioned when I'm talking. I'll really get angry. If something makes me angry and I'm talking about it, I'll get really mad. And I was in the car the other day before the car raiser show. We need to pick up this tiny electric ride-on car from the store and get it to Life World. And I had made no plans to make that happen. I was just like waiting for a, what's it called? A do ex machina. A dude ex machina. A dude. To happen to get the car to Life World. I was like, some something just needs to intervene. And Alex just randomly was like, yeah, I'm free right now. I'll come pick it up. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, but I was in a bad mood. I was angry about other things. And I got in the car and he just asked me how I was doing. And I just started going off. And like my voice was getting louder and louder, <laughs> and louder until I was yelling. And he told me to calm down. Or he was like, okay, okay, okay. That's enough. Um, and I just felt so stupid. Yeah. So that's something. No, I... I sometimes like when people really go off. The last person I dated was a real go-offer. That rules. And I liked that about her. She would like get really angry and like have all these points. And I was like, that's fun. Yeah. Especially when the person has an interesting point to make or they're funny. I think you're funny when you go off. Okay. So cool. I think well, going off can it. be funny. Yeah. I'm, I get... <laughs> I don't know if going off is really my a place of strength or creative no, energy for me. it's scary if you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds big. I'll... I'll say this. This is something I've been thinking about. I'm I'm curious to see how my friends reflect this thought back to me. But like, I feel like, and this is, this relates to the, you know, not wanting to do shows and stuff. My whole life now, like my whole like creative life is just like making, being in my room, animating, writing little scripts that five people are going to read, like making little movies with me and my like five friends. Yep. Nothing is my, the ecosystem, the social ecosystem of my life is so small now, so much smaller than it was pre pandemic and nothing that I need to do and make requires like 14, 20, 30 other people that I know randomly yes. from like an open mic yeah. scene that I am just like, shut it down. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I've gone hermit mode and the only people I talk to are my best friends friends yeah and so when i try and talk to strangers i'm really bad at it and i don't know if this is like making me all that happy this Mm. kind of creative life where i'm like no seven people and i'm responsible for showing up and being with those like seven people but like i don't i don't have to like talk to randos anymore and you don't know if it's making you happy to live with the seven people or you don't know if it's making you happy to pursue knowing other people i this small life that I'm living right now is not necessarily. Yeah, it's not. Making, I want. No. I want a big. Expa- I Fuck. want a big, a big expansive life. Yeah. But like, I'll. It will be. The test will come. Like for instance, when we're doing this, like Razor Man show tonight. But I'm like, who's going to come? That like feels like they owe showing up to my show, except like the people I live with and who are in my comedy group. Yeah, it's funny. I also have to remind myself sometimes that. The shows are supposed to be fun, and a lot of times people come to them not because they feel like they owe it, but because yes. they're like, oh, they're doing a, a show. Well, Great. that's another I'm thing. I'm not doing anything. It's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, to, uh, to one degree, I agree with you that, yes, the people who come to the show are the people who feel, hey, I got to show up for my friend, da, da, da. Yeah. But, but that's not like my only idea of why people come to shows. You know, in an ideal world, you think, well, there's people who like to listen to this and they want to see us on stage. But I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's presumptuous. Maybe, like, no one really gives that much of a shit. But it's also true that everyone's like, what's the move tonight? Yes. And if this is the move tonight, they're going to show up. Um, so we just got to hope that there's, exactly. there's that like, a critical mass of this is the move tonight. 
and um but you know it's kind of out of our hands yeah but if you want to know what the move is tonight it's going to the raisin man show at purgatory at 8 p.m doors at 7 30 we're trying to start as close to eight as possible okay always forget to put that on the poster i do not like to start later than the time on the fucking poster so doors 7 30 7 45 come we're gonna start around probably 8 10 unless really people aren't coming but just eight and then there's yeah. going to be a, 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 a DJ set by Alex Bliss. And then there's going to be a raffle. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a DJ set by Alex Bliss. It's going to be fire. And uh, that's we're about to wrap this up because we're at an, an hour well, and a Millie, half. Millie has a question. Millie, I do feel like we owe it to our listeners if they ask questions that we answer them. He wants to talk a little shop, get a little insider business. Yeah. And honestly, this has nothing to do with so, me. Felipe, this, this is for you. And Millie, Millie says, do you guys enjoy doing those bento TikToks? Does it pay well? Uh, that's a question for me because I'm the one doing the bento TikToks. That's, right. <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's exactly right. That's um, exactly. I do enjoy doing the bento TikToks. I mean, what can I say? Well, I'm, I'm sort of. I stopped doing them, and then I might start again. And so there's like a. I guess you're always like, I can't talk too much, but it's like no, the people who are relevant to this will not listen to this. But um, there were things about the situation that I didn't like, which is why I stopped. And then I spoke to the people, and they said we can maybe change those things. I don't really want to go into what those things are just because it feels unnecessarily risky to explain what I didn't like about the situation. But um, not that it's like really that bad, but I liked it. I like having a deadline. The payment was fine. It was like nice for what it was, like getting paid to make a TikTok. It's it's relatively little work. So to that, and, and then it's work that really like benefits me in other ways because I can just post it on my socials. And so, he loved the sense of community. Um, <laughs> I wanted that. They were like, get ready. You're going to get on a discord with all these other animators. And I was like, cool, these animators. But then I just am not on the discord. And I, I don't like that thing of like, you know, because when you're on discord, it's all about like GM, you know, you're saying GM, here's a meme. And it's like, I don't do that life. Like, yeah, yeah I don't, yeah. I don't want to be like active on a chat. No, room I'm an as needed poster. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm not saying good morning. That's not yeah. what I have to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so, what GM means. So I like it. I like having a deadline. Sometimes I was pissed off. You know, sometimes Friday was coming. Around, I was like, gotta fucking make another tiktok but then i would pull something out really quickly and then i'd be proud i made it and then i could just post it on my shit so overall positive yeah i mean the things i didn't like uh you i don't know you can dm me if you want if you really have a professional interest in finding out dm but him and get more details yeah seth says i know one of the producers there but don't worry i won't tell him what you say um wow please you don't. just gave comedy knowledge to the hands of the devil yes so. i know he's, he's not gonna tell him he's gonna put it on the sub stack i really have to use the bathroom so i think Please. we should wrap this up yeah we are we are kind of coming okay, to goodbye a all right guys thanks see for coming. you tonight see at you purgatory at purgatory 8 p.m doors 745 if you don't live in new york you're like oh i can't come uh here's what you can do take the post on instagram post on your story say yo if you're in new york you gotta go to this yes, tonight. that is such a good idea <laughs> we're gonna be having stand up from furia con we're gonna be having from eric rahel and we're gonna have stand from Steve Gerrard? Yes. What and it, it actually is a hot lineup because Steve Gerrard, we've been wanting to book on a show for a thousand years because yes. he's very funny. Um, Freya, we were, she was on a show that I was on recently and was so funny that we were like, we got to get Freya for the show because she yeah. was awesome. And then um, Eric Rahel is just, everybody loves this guy. I mean, this he's guy's, on everything. This guy's days. on the up. Yeah. This so, guy's coming. He's on a rocket ship to, to space. All right. So see you tonight. All right. Uh, see you guys tonight, Purgatory Brooklyn. Raisin Man Arena.